Hello, and welcome to Boo Covery, where East meets West as we learn from Buddhist psychology how to deal with mental health and health issues. And now your host, Tyler Woods. Hi, this is Tyler Woods, and welcome to Boo Covery, where East meets West in psychology. You can visit our page at bucovery.com. I have to tell you, today I've been looking, actually all week, I've been looking more and more at the word equanimity. And the other day, my Buddhist mentor was telling me about it and the difficulties in achieving it. And here's what I get. I love how you hear what you need to hear right when you need to hear it. Because this week um, I was wondering... What could I do to deal with a very difficult person that's going to be upfront and in my life? Um, and they're very um, triggering and um, they have zero equanimity. And how am I going to deal with that? And then the topic came up. Um, and I love that the word equanimity comes from a state of balance and stability. And I think it's a a balanced state of mind and temper and ego, and allows us to navigate the curveballs that life may throw at us with grace and serenity. And a shower thought was born. First thing to know and understand is that equanimity is a very old Buddhist practice and is used in positive psychology, which we really need in today's world. It helps us cope with life's ups and downs. I think Tori Amos described it perfectly when she said, I found the secret to life. I'm okay when everything is not okay. That's because it means balance, so to speak. In Buddhism, they say balance is born of wisdom. Some say it's the holy grail of calmness. Add mindfulness and the awareness where our perception of what's happening in the moment is not distorted by bias or old fears or projection into the future or, you know, really looking into the past. Anything that may arise, holding on or pushing away, that would represent equanimity. Basically, if you have a moment where you overreacted to a person or a situation, you may benefit from developing equanimity. But keep in mind, it's a skill that requires much practice. And just a quick reminder that um, I think this is really vital, that the perception of things being good or bad, happy or sad, is a cultural construct. It basically serves no purpose. And I say that for, we need that. We need to understand that to have a balanced mind and um, we need to let go of that so that we can cultivate equanimity because things just are. There's not good or bad. It just is. I would love to get there personally, but I have work to do on my own uh, equanimity. And I get that it helps us in our daily lives to be calm and content and understanding and still. And that's something I think we all are working on. And it may take many, I think it's going to take me forever 
many lifetimes, but we'll see. Um, because it's something I practice daily. And that's because it's the ability to stay emotionally and mentally calm, even if things are falling apart or someone has upset you or offended you. I think it describes a complete openness to experience without being lost in our reactions because I think it supports wisdom when the mind doesn't shake. And we can stay with the truth of things long enough to have some insight. I think by maintaining equanimity, we can relate to others without having a personal preference or bias or expectations. And so it helps to promote acceptance. And along with acceptance, it helps us with patience and understanding. Equanimity has a balance that empowers loving kindness with patience so that we care even in times when people that we love say and do destructive things or they try to cause us harm with intent. You know, um, I think that happens with uh, relationships and family dynamics. And without equanimity, we might demand that we think it should be a certain way. We may get upset and say things rather than stay connected with love and grace, with the things as they are. You're not going to change anyone. Keep in mind, this is not a simple task, as it takes a lot to hold back an emotional reaction because you want to just scream. This is where equanimity comes in because it's compassion with courage. And so we have the courage to face the frustration and the pain in life, to face some of the cruelty that's going on. Equanimity arises when we accept things the way they are. So how do we get to this state to notice and reflect before responding so our behaviors are reasoned or we have a conscience response? How do we cultivate and practice it? I mean, after all, modern day and positive psychology says it's essential for our mental well-being. Equanimity is ultimately the stability of our mental and emotional state. It's about meeting life, no matter what arises, with an open and responsive heart and mind. So I'm asking, how do we get there? Well, how do we get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. Okay. Of course, mindfulness meditation is the best single activity for creating equanimity. Whatever we are feeling in meditation, whatever we are experiencing, and whatever thoughts or feeling are arising, just recognize we're experiencing it and gently let it go. Slow down. Watch your behavior. Watch your body. What is it doing? Pay attention and develop present moment awareness, acceptance, and non-reactivity. This is called mindfulness. Learn and practice strategy for emotional regulation, such as deep breathing, progressive muscle relaxation, meditation, journaling for mindfulness. And by the way, YouTube has some wonderful meditations for equanimity. You can also practice it by putting yourself in another person's shoes. 
Looking at the situation from another person's viewpoint can bring us closer to the person and allow us to detach from our own ingrained views and judgments. You know, I often tell my clients to literally put shoes, put the other person's shoes on and walk in them just for a moment or two as a reminder to imagine themselves in that person's shoes and to feel and see the world from their point of view without judgment, rather with empathy and compassion. Another way to practice equanimity is by creating your own calming phrases. Um, I call it mantra therapy, and it really helps to have a phrase or a mantra to repeat in your mind so you don't get activated or reactivated or reactive or whatever you want to call it. You can say it in between breaths. You know, we breathe in, and then you say the phrase and breathe out. Like, my phrase is, everything's going to be all right. So I breathe in, everything's going to be all right, and I breathe out. My mentor says that that state of in-between breaths is bardo, um, and I like that. But the phrases can be endless and can catapult you into calmness. You can say things like, um, um, I don't know, may I stay calm in this moment, or I'm okay right here, right now, or my phrase, everything is going to be all right. Make up whatever your phrase is, because for each situation, your phrase will be different. But the phrase has to be matching for the here and now. Most important, be aware. Being aware of your emotions as it helps us change our attitudes. Think about it. Will you be able to change all the people around you to suit what you want or your situation? No, of course not. But people think they can and they get very reactive and angry and have internal turmoil all because they didn't realize they cannot control others. And I believe the only way to bring us peace is to change the way we think about them. As the old proverb says, live and let live. Look, it isn't going to be easy, but each day you can take a few steps into equanimity. For now, this is Tyler Wood saying, walk in peace.